Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 108, week 108, volume 108, number fucking 108. How you going guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Nick of My Ticket Home and Head Cave, and that will be coming up later in the show. It's been a really quiet week with new music and albums, so we're skipping the single and album of the week, but it will be back next week. Let's get into feedback questions, what's been going on. It's been a quiet week with feedback and questions, but we've noticed a lot of sharing on people's social medias. Thank you to everyone that's taken out the time to share the episode or share previous episodes. We notice it and we're very appreciative that people enjoy what we do. That naturally leads me into the usual part of the start of the show, which is help us out with a rating and review and help us out with a share. So only takes 30 seconds, maybe a minute, but if you haven't given us a rating and review on iTunes podcasts, help us out, tell us how good we are, how shit we are, all the feedback is invaluable. If you are on our Facebook page, help us out with a rating and review there as well. And lastly, if you've got time this week, help us out with a share of the podcast. Enough of the ramblings, let's get into the main part of the show. This week, my guest was Nick of My Ticket Home and Head Cave. First thing i got to say, thank you so very, very much, Nick, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. So if you're unfamiliar with either of the bands, My Ticket Home formed in 2008. They've had two EPs and three albums. Early material was metalcore. Late material was like a new metalcore kind of grungecore sound. Nick was originally just the vocalist, and about midway through the band's career, he became the bassist and vocalist. The other project, Head Cave, is a recently released project with one EP under its belt. The chat with Nick was very relaxed, in-depth. We covered a lot of topics I wanted to, and we also went down a few topics I didn't expect to. Really enjoyed the chat. I hope you enjoy it too. That chat with Nick is coming up now. So usually start off with um, the same question for everyone, and that's kind of... Not necessarily a heavy band, but do you remember a band that you first got into growing up that kind of made music be a thing for you as a kid? Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, uh, first bands that I was like heavily a fan of where I would say that I was more than a casual listener, um, bands like System of a Down, uh, Linkin Park and and Slipknot, I just, those were some of the first, uh, CDs that I had, you know, with back when you had a Walkman and, you know, you flip through the, uh, the album booklet and read all the lyrics and stuff like that. Um, so I was really into those bands. I think the first band that got me into, um, like heavier type of music though, would have been, uh, Killswitch Engage. Um, there was, uh, there was this film called, I think it was one of the Resident Evil movies, um, and they had one of their big songs was like the uh, the credits song that plays at the end of the film. Uh, and I remember hearing, I think it was End of Heartache, uh, one of the, it was one of their more popular ones. And that was the first time I heard like 
uh, like full on screaming in in rock music. And I was like, man, I have to I have to find out what this is. And then so then I, that's how I found Killswitch Engage. Um, and then finding, um, you know, I went through my sort of emo, uh, you know, screamo, that type of phase in high school, um, as we all did as, um, you know, growing up and getting on MySpace and all that shit started happening. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I met, I met um, some friends in high school that were in bands. Um, there was a dude in my, a couple of my classes, this dude named Johnny Frank, um, he was in a band called Attack Attack, and then um, he's got some other projects he's doing now. Um, but so he was like the first person I met where it was like somebody my age or, or someone that I considered like, you know, a, a peer um, was doing music. And, you know, they were like the most popular band around town, went to see them play. Um, and then the doors kind of opened up for them once they got signed. And uh, I think you always have that idea of like, yeah, you know, it'd be cool to be a musician. Um, but having somebody, you know, from, from your town, someone that you saw at school, uh, you know, getting some sort of recognition and like progress was like, well, f you know, fuck, I want if you know, that just makes, it gives you the confidence to try to pursue that. Um, so that's kind of how I got into, you know, um, uh, thinking of myself as, as a musician and then pursuing that down the line. So what I mean, you know, for for some people, metal or heavy music's not even a consideration. But you know, what for you made it, you know, so enticing that made you wanted to get into it and then delve into it? Man, I don't know. I think, um, I think just the the intensity of it is is just what I found so attractive. Um, I think it's because uh, growing up, my dad um, was always into. Um, harder, like alternative rock. Um, my dad actually has pretty good taste in music. Um, like I can remember, you know, being kids listening to like, you know, Puddle of Mud and, uh, and System of a Down and, and these heavier bands. Um, you know, he would just, he would just throw them on the radio or he had some of the CDs and, um, and like he had no problem with us, you know, like there wasn't any of that, like, you know, the, the parental advisory sticker, you know, it was like, just chuck it, doesn't matter, like, we'll still play it, um, and I think that just as a kid being around it, um, you know, when you're a kid, you just kind of hear it for what it is, and it's the, um, just the freedom of expression, you know, it's so much fun, it's so intense, you know, it's kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, I think it's just the intensity, there's really not anything that I can think of that, that matches that you know, exact sort of feeling. And I think, uh, anybody who's a fan of, of heavy music has some understanding of that. And you, you mentioned in there, you know, that your dad's playing music around the house. So were instruments, um, in the family, was anyone in your family, you know, playing an instrument at the time? Yeah. Um, my dad, um, definitely gets a lot of credit. Um, he's a guitar player. Um, he's actually learning drums right now, which is really cool. Cause he's like 60 and he's like, um, telling me that he's playing on my brother's drum kit in the house. So that's cool. Um, yeah, my dad was a guitar player, um, real casual guitar player. You know, I don't, I don't think he, he would consider himself amazing or anything like that, but he was good enough that he could play. Um, and so he had guitars and amps and stuff around the house. Um, and he's real into, um, like, 
don't know what you'd call them, like the virtuoso type guitar players, not like shredders, but like, uh, like Joe Cetriani is like his all time favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Vai, um, those two, he was real, really into, um, and so those were the kind of, that's the kind of guitar player that, you know, he was really attracted to. Um, I'm pretty sure I went to, I think I went with him to see Joe Satriani. I was really young. I don't remember it, but um, he said I went. Um, so he had, he had guitars and stuff around the house. And um, uh, we all took, it was me, my brother, and then uh, my best friend in school, uh, this dude named Sean Mikowski. And we all took... Uh, music lessons from uh, the same music shop that was in town Um, local music store um, I don't know if it's there anymore sadly Um, but so he took Sean took bass lessons I took guitar lessons and my brother took drum lessons Um, and so we all had the same you know or the same couple of teachers in the same you know area or the same building and then one day he was like you guys should just play together and we were like yeah we should and so then there you go. And you, you got instruments and, you know, a, a house that lets you play them. You got a band. Why, why the guitar? Like what drew you to playing that? Or is it more of the fact that, you know, like you said, your mate picks up the bass. So it's like, well, I'll pick up the guitar. Yeah, it was kind of that. I don't, I don't, I still don't really consider myself a great guitar player. Um, I love, I mean, I don't know. There's so many reasons that, that, guitar is cool you know it's hard to pick one um but yeah it was kind of like well he my my buddy was playing bass um and my brother his personality you know drumming just just makes the most sense um I don't other instruments can get real tedious and drums are tedious too but they're just kind of more primal and I think that's more his his vibe um and he likes to be in the in the back of the stage you know kind of the 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 soldier of the band you know in charge of everything but you know not in people's faces um and then yeah i don't know guitar just kind of um yeah it just kind of happened um yeah i'm it's funny um one of my instructors at the studio um where i moved here recently has this saying about how he plays guitar and he's like um he's like well i own a guitar but i'm not necessarily a guitar player and he just says that because, mm. um, like, when you, you think you're good and you're like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good player, you know, and then you, you see somebody, you know, you go to a show or, or you see someone live and you see what are like, what really good guitar players are like. And you're like, yeah, fuck, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'll never be <laughs> that like, guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> maybe not guitar thing. isn't my thing. <laughs> I mean, I, like I can play, you know, I can play well enough to write a song. I can play well enough to sing over top of the guitar, which is like, that's, 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 you know, the, like good enough for me. You know what I mean? Like I can play, (laughs) I can record decently well. Like I have, I can play cleanly, but you know, I can't play anything, you know, uh, impressive or fancy, you know? (laughs) So you mentioned in there, you know, this around this time was like high school years. Um, what was high school like for you with, you know, kind of your, a lot of kids I don't think realize until they've grown up, but everyone had kind of their identity as in like you're either mm. the musician kid or you're the mm. art kid or you're the sport kid. Uh, what was school like for you with your mm. identity? And then the other part of the question is, was your path in school always geared towards music or were you looking at other avenues uh, for something outside of school? Mm. 
Um, it was kind of, I don't think I had like the most direct path. Um, I think that concept of, you know, trying to find your, your place and your identity is, 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 you know, ongoing, um, as mm. I think it is for everyone. But, um, I was more into, um, skateboarding at the start of high school. I mean, in, in middle school, um, I kind of had like my, my real, uh, like trying times in my youth in middle school more than high school. Um, but so by the time I was in high school, I was, you know, uh, really into skateboarding. Um, and we had gotten, uh, you know, with skateboarding comes, uh, the little cheap video cameras and, and filming your buddies doing dumb shit and, you know, pretending like you're in jackass and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then when YouTube came out, it was like, ah, uh, you know, now I got a reason to, to, to do all this dumb stuff and film it. And it just kind of, you know, uh was was that much more fun um so i was always really into skateboarding and stuff like that but um i, I never really think that i was um i didn't like fit the the stereotype of when you think of like a, a skater kid like I, I don't think i was like as much of a troublemaker as, as some of my friends um but yeah i think that um once i found music um it kind of made the most sense to me of where um I was getting the most fulfillment out of that. And then it all kind of happened around the same time of like um, us starting to take music a little bit more seriously and then meeting other people in bands and, and kind of getting to become friends with them. And, you know, they were a couple years older. They were cooler. You know, they had these things going on. And you're like, well, shit, you know, you just kind of find these people that seem like they are know what they're doing. And, you know, you kind of become more like them by default. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the trajectory through, through doing music. And then we were lucky enough to, um, get signed to a record label, um, like as I was graduating high school, basically. Um, so there wasn't really any sort of a, a period where it was like a conscious decision where, uh, where I was like choosing, like I never had a, an alternative path. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have like, uh, a career or a school lined up in place of that. It was kind of like, let's do this. So basically, you guys, you're talking about getting signed. That was for the opportunity to be, wasn't it, when you got mm -hmm. signed? So the first EP, Above the Great City, you guys were still in high school when you released that. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy that you even know wow. the name. Yeah, I would have been, oh, that's a funny, a funny time period. Um, yeah, there's video of that too. I have, um, uh, I, I think I, I think I might have privated the videos because they're just... <laughs> embarrassing um but they are they still exist um if enough people request it i guess i could unprivate them but um it's like it's it's legit like we're in high school like i'm pretty sure i would have been because we started young man i would have been no more than 17 when we recorded that um and my brother um was he would have been 13 playing drums Jeez. so we're very young you know what i mean um and that was a whole shit show in and of itself, man. It was, uh, it was like five days. We booked this. There was like a, a local studio back home, where all the uh, all the screamo bands recorded at. This guy, uh, Bobby Leonard, shout out to Paper Tiger Studios. And um, we had these five days to record there, and it was like during the middle of what they, I think is proficiency tests or some type of mm -hmm. like standardized school test. So it's like you go in and you take the test and it's like a two or three hour thing. 
it, I mean, you, you, fin- you go, you leave whenever you finish the test, but that's like it. And so then you have the whole rest of the day and you're, and you're good. So I'm pretty sure like either people just skipped or I don't know what it was, but we were like, we've got this, we've got these five days where we barely have to be in school. Let's make it, let's make an EP. And then like our singer quit right before we had to go in and record it. And we fucking brought this other guy from out of state that we met on MySpace to come and try to record. And then he got there and he wasn't very good. And he was like, he must've been like eight years older than us. He was like in his mid twenties. It was super strange. Um, so that didn't work. So we're like three days into recording. Um, and I'm like, shit, I'll just try it because I had done like backups and stuff live and had written a lot of the vocals. And so I was like, well, you know, uh, it doesn't do us any good to record a, an album with, with no singer. You know what I mean? So like, fuck it, I'll try it. <laughs> and that's how I became that literally, but for that dude quitting, like, I don't think I would have ever pursued being a front man or a singer, but so like, that's just how I started doing vocals for the band was because our other dude quit. And then we tried this random guy <laughs> from that we met like dude it was so strange man like the guy was from florida we were recording in ohio in the united states that's like i don't know probably like a 12 hour drive like it's it's super far and like this dude i'm pretty sure he hitchhiked his way up here and like (laughs) it was so strange bro like he he didn't he he didn't he wasn't familiar with recording he didn't know our songs really all that well he didn't perform that well And then, like, I just remember having this, like, really intense, like, sort of emotional conversation with this dude because it's not going well. And he's telling me all this shit about how, like, things with his girlfriend aren't good and he's on parole and all. It it was it was ridiculous, man. (laughs) And that's like (laughs) we're in high school in the middle of making, you know, our first quote unquote record. And it was just like just in true mth fashion like it was just so strange it's it literally the phrase you use shits shit show i think is perfectly mm-hmm. summed up like that's just yeah i don't think anyone with their first recording would have had that kind of experience yeah well well we had recorded we had recorded with this guy like once or twice before like you go in and you just do one song um so we i think we had recorded like three individual songs with him before this so we kind of had a workflow and that was all good but then, yeah, our singer quitting and then this random guy showing up was was very strange. And, you know, it was just like it was I felt really bad. Actually, I and then he had to like uh, he ended up like living at a friend of mine's house for like, uh, I think, like a month. Like it was it wasn't good. And I felt I actually I've apologized to them now. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> So, so you, you go in, all of this chaos happens, you stumble into being the vocalist, um, mm. but what was what was that period like for the band with with shows? So you said you kind of played a few shows. Mm-hmm. Were you just doing the EP to get more shows or was it just something you wanted to get some music out? Yeah, I think... Um you know, I don't, I don't really remember a conscious discussion of like why we should record an EP, but I think it was just kind of, you know, um, like back in then you really premiered or you released your music on MySpace. Um, mm. and so you had like the MySpace song player and, um, you know, all the, all the legit bands obviously had like a shitload of songs on the, on the, on the player. 
you know and so like if you go to a band's thing and you can see they only have like one or two or three songs you're like oh they're you know it just it just shows that you just have less experience i guess um so we had recorded a few songs and um and we were going to keep those ones and then just like add a couple more on and have a little ep i think we did six songs maybe five or six um and we had done a couple shows at the time um just playing around locally and yeah i think you know it was just kind of following the lead of what we saw the the other successful local bands doing um of just and then and then it's like oh and then we'll have you know something to sell because you 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 go and you you make physical copies and then you can um you can sell those at the shows when people come to see you, you can they can buy them and then we would go to uh you know go to warp tour and you know uh hawk them at people in the in the lines waiting outside what was the um local scene like for you guys um in those early days was it a vibrant scene like were there a lot of shows around were there a lot of bands playing or was it a scene that was kind of in a lull and you know not much was going on oh no dude it was it was great i think um i think it's 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 hard for me to 100 percent trust my memory because um you know it was we're like virgins at the time you know what i mean like we're we're a brand new band this is all of each one of us this is our first band you know like my ticket home was the first band it ever is the first band i'd ever been in um and that was a case for all of us so we're all like completely new at this so we have really no frame of reference but it felt like and the way you know from from how i've talked about it with other people that were around the time since then is that it was pretty good man it was there was a lot of different bands going on um there was a lot of people into the style of music that that people were playing um there were several venues that were uh accessible and and small enough that that they would book us and you know they'd let us come in and do our thing and yeah i would say there was a lot i would i mean there was a lot of bands doing the heavier sort of type of music and that was just kind of like on that you know that wave of myspace getting real popular and the the birth of that sort of you know social networking online to promote your music i mean god we had it's i mean it makes sense now because of how you know music promotion works but like back then you're just kind of discovering it all for yourself but you know we would take you know an afternoon basically and just message people on myspace and and you know do these sort of you know uh like self-marketing campaigns and 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 figure all this stuff out and you know you get other bands to to put you in your top friends and and you try to get your plays up to to be high on the list where people like they have the categories and they show the the top bands in those categories and all that sort of stuff so i think it was just a combination of the um the the age group that we were at and the music that we were doing um and yeah it felt really good man i think that was like um a real blessing for us because it pushes you to to make your shows better it makes you more um you get a little bit of you know healthy competition with other bands and there's a lot of people to learn from from the people that are doing it right you know what i mean so it's pretty cool well you mean you mentioned in there with all that myspace days you know, it also was part of the grind that, you know, you're doing a grind and working hard at it in the early days. Mm-hmm. When you have to do it, when the band's becoming a bit more established, it's probably not as hard to put in the the hours of work. I'm not sure. I think it never goes away, really. I mean, I think that it kind of just becomes where, 
um, eventually you can pay other people to, to do that for you. So you don't have to, you know, mm. sit at your computer all the time. But I think just with, with, you know, um, which is the way that, that people communicate and connect. I mean, like we're having this interview because of, you know, of, of social media and the ability that you can just reach out to somebody that you want to collab with or that you're a fan of because you can. Um, mm. and so it's just that same kind of thing where, um, it's really interesting how it's like, uh, you know, so much of what goes into being a successful band has like fuck all to do with music, like nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I, I started doing this just cause I wanted to, you know, write songs and get laid and, you know, scream into a microphone. I didn't think I had to, you know, um, worry about contracts and, you know, receipts and, you know, sound scans and tour expenses and, you know, t-shirts and fucking all this, all this other, you know, pieces of the puzzle that that kind of get added on out of you know people tell you they're necessary and then it just it, it makes it so much more of a job which is fine I mean I'm it, it's 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 naive to complain about that a little bit because it's like you know you want you want to make money you know doing something that you're just doing because you love it and so it's like well you kind of have to walk that tightrope of, of well it's a business too but um, yeah, that was kind of like the, that was the first taste of that for sure was, was, you know, on MySpace and just sitting at your computer and just trying to get people to listen to your music and to share it. And they had, you know, MySpace was crazy with that kind of stuff. You know I mean? It's like even people that weren't in bands, you know, were doing it just because it was cool to, you know, have a lot of, um, friends and likes on your photos and stuff. Well, I mean, you mentioned in there the, the whole, you know, the, other side of the industry the business side of the industry and you guys pretty much really early were thrown into that with you know getting that label connection with rise records i mean mm -hmm. how how do you go from having that shitstorm experience of the first ep <laughs> to suddenly suddenly you're on a major label releasing your second ep oh dude it was just pure luck i mean it was it was um all thanks to our friends who were in the a band on Rise Records, um, Attack Attack. So like, man, they they were um, you know like they were like our uh, our older brother, you know, as far as like a band standpoint goes, because you know they were a fucking you know uh, uh, a huge success when they signed, um, and so they had a album coming out on that label and they were having a CD release show and um, they said that the label was going to come down obviously to watch their performance um, which is cool because not that doesn't always happen at the time but I think that they were they were like a pretty successful band for for Rise at the time and so you know they kind of you get that that sort of star treatment when you're doing really well for a label um, so we knew that those the you know the executives are going to be in town for the show and so, you know, we asked them if we could play it and they let us play it. So I think we opened the show and I think there was maybe one or two other bands. Um, and we had played a handful of shows at this point, probably, you know, I don't know, 15, 20, um, which really isn't a lot now that I, now that I know more, <laughs> but it felt like a lot then. Um, and so we played this, you know, showcase for this label and God, we almost fucked it up. Um, like we didn't, I mean, we played okay, but it just wasn't our best show. Um, and it, people were pissed at me because I had gotten sick, 
um, from, uh, I think I was dating a girl at the time and she was sick and, and it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, fucking uh, of all shows, you're like, not now. Like why, why does my voice not work today? Um, (laughs) and so we were like, it was just kind of the stressful day, but so we played it and, um, and talked to him afterwards. And, um, after we kind of, you know, hounded him about it a little bit, they were like, yeah, let's do it. So it's, I mean, truly like it was kind of, I don't want to say we, that we didn't deserve to get signed because, you know, I think that ultimately we, we earned it, you know, uh, down the, down the line. But I mean, man, without, without them, um, you know, kind of putting the good, good, good word in for us with the label, I don't know that it would have happened. Um, definitely not that quickly. So yeah, man, it's, it's like they say, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, who you know that can just get that door open for you. Was there a sense of um, pressure and nerves the moment you did sign on to Rise Records? Like, did you feel like, okay, shit, we got to step up our game now, not only in the recording sense, but just Mm -hmm. overall as a band? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was, it was more, we were more stoked. Um, Like, (laughs) like I quit my job the day we got signed. I mean, not a real job. It was like a fast food job, but um, I was like, man, this is it. Like, fuck yeah. I mean, we had a big party. It was great. Um, I think it was, there's definitely that, that urge of like, you know, like, all right, you know, now, now's our, now's our chance to, you know, sort of, you know, prove, prove what we can do. Um, and it was strange because we originally like, so what it was, oh, that's what it was. Sorry. I'm, I'm jumping around here. Um, well, what we did, what we did was, um, we, we had recorded the EP, uh, before we signed with the label. Um, we recorded it already and, um, we were like, we've got this, you know, this, this, this EP here and, um, it's fully done, ready to release. If you guys sign us, you can have this and you you can release it onto your label and you know, you'll get your, your standard percentages and all that stuff. So we kind of like brought it to the table as like, you know, here's this, this ready to release recording that, um, if you like it, you know that's good. And you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to get it recorded. It already exists. It's ready to go. So that was kind of like, um, the thought of, you know, how, Oh, we need to step our game up came, came later. Um, but at that time where it was like, it's already recorded. There we go. We could put it out. Did the EP gain a lot of, um, momentum for you guys, or was it more of the signing to rise records that gave you the kick? Um, I definitely think that just being on that label, um, legitimized us for sure because, um, they did a really good job of kind of, of building a following as a label. Um, because I think that they were, um, they were just good at that, you know, branding themselves and and having a, a cohesive identity between their signings. Um, obviously every label tries to do that, but I feel like they did a particularly good job of it. Um, especially online. Um, so I definitely think signing to them was, was kind of the biggest thing. I remember feeling like there was a little bit of sense of like, all right, you know, we signed to a label and then kind of like nothing happened really. Like we didn't really like, we didn't start touring right away. Um, you know, we didn't have any, any crazy shows come up or anything like that. And so, um, this sort of like the, the, the thing that kept going around was it's like, because we didn't have a full length record, we just had an EP. 
um, that it kind of like, um, we like couldn't, we like weren't in the game really. Like it just kind of, um, people were just saying that it's like, uh, somehow it's like, Oh, that's what you need. Like, that's what you need. And that's why you're not getting on tours and stuff like that. It's just because, you know, uh, you haven't made a full, full length record yet. And so I was like, all right, well, so then let's, you know, fuck it. Like the studio we wanted to record with Caleb had, um, you know, he had somebody cancel and we were like, fuck it, let's record, let's record a full length then if that's what we need. So we really just kind of jumped into the studio, um, before we were even really ready. And we were just like, well, if we, we want to tour, that's what we want to do. So if we need to record a full length record, let's do that. Well, I mean, also at that time, you know, when you jumped in to do, to create a cure, you, you guys were, you know, releasing music pretty regularly, even up to strangers only. Um, Clearly, writing music in that time and still now, I'm I'd be guessing, mm-hmm. um, you guys were all about just get out another release. Um, you weren't having any writer's block um, or that. Were you just determined to just keep making music um, at any stage? Because now, now without jumping too far forward, mm-hmm. um, last few releases there's been some years gaps. So, have you been intentionally now taking time out? to craft the album more or is it just how things have fallen? Um, no. So really kind of the main differences then, um, were, you know, uh, we were able to pursue the band full time, you know, because we were, um, we were younger. We didn't have, you know, any, any real responsibilities outside of ourselves. Um, so at the time, you know, between the first EP and the, the first full length album, you know, um, we kind of just wanted to get that done as quickly as possible so that we could try to start getting considered for tours. Um, which I think in retrospect wasn't probably the, the smartest choice. Cause I don't think that record turned out all that great, but, um, I think it was, um, mostly just about getting it done. And then, and then kind of once we were able to tour after that, I feel like we really learned a lot because, you know, we really, it was just kind of one of those things where, you know, I think we got signed, but I think we got signed, um, before we had really, you know, kind of like grown up enough to, to know what we were doing. Um, and so then after that came out, we were able to, to really start touring full time or pretty close to full time. And, um, I feel like that was the period where we really grew a lot. Um, and you know, we got to meet other bands, tour with other bands, meet people from, you know, all over the world and you know and grow up i mean shit dude like when we first started touring i wasn't even 21 you know what i mean like just a bunch of guys in the band were 21 like we we play a gig and you're literally kicked out of the building until you go on stage and then after you're done on stage you have to immediately go right back out of the building because there's like some places you know their liquor their liquor license is weird and if you're under 21 you can't even be in the building so it's like you know it's just you got basically kids you know what i mean like just that are out there touring and and doing the stuff. And it was, man, it was, it was fucking fun. Um, so then, you know, the, the time periods and the gaps between the the later albums have just come out of, um, the band just kind of winding down really honestly is, is all it is. It's not, it's not anything where we're thinking, uh, you know, intentionally of like, let's take longer. Um, it's more about just, uh, you know, real life, sort of getting in the way and, and other, other aspects of people's lives, um, you know, sort of coming in, in involved at that point. Um, which I think is, is lame. I, I feel like I wish we would have released more records, um, back when we had the time. 
um, we kind of were in the, in the habit of like, you write a record, it's done and then you go tour on it. And then, you know, after you kind of get your fill of touring, then you kind of come back and intentionally sit down and say, okay, we're going to write another record. And it's like, I wish we were just writing music throughout the whole time. And then it was just kind of like, um, we, there could have been more consistency and, and I think there could have been more music. Um, cause we definitely overthought, um, a lot when it came time to like make a record, it, it, it became this, uh, process that was, which is good, but I feel like we could have done, could have done more at the time. You mentioned in there, you know, the, the craziness of, you know, touring when you're, you know, at such a young age and you're kind of, you're not only growing up and learning about yourself, but you're on the road mm-hmm. doing some of that. Was that? Was that a difficult process uh, for you growing up while in a shitty van with four or five other smelly dudes? Nah, man, it was, it was, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's brutal and it, it sucks sometimes, but it's like, you know, uh, it's, it, everything sucks sometimes, you know what I mean? So it's like, fuck it, you just, you just deal. And, you know, it was... Oh man, it, it was everything we ever wanted. You know what I mean? So it's like when you're, when you're that age and you know, you, you, you know enough to be excited, but you don't know enough to be afraid. So you're just like stoked. Um, it was awesome, man. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like there was definitely a lot of times that sucked and you know, it wasn't all good, but you know, on, on for, for most of it. Yeah, it was, it was awesome, especially during that time period. I mean, uh, my brother didn't even finish high school, dude. Like he had to, he had to, you know, go to the online school route and, um, you know, get his diploma and everything like that. But like doing that shit while you're on tour, like you're going to tell a, uh, a 17 year old that he's got to, you know, log on to the, to the bar Wi-Fi and study like good luck. <laughs> <laughs> It was also an interesting time because during that time up to to create a cure you guys you know without needing to rely on labels but you guys were a metalcore band and you know in the purest sense of the word and metalcore at that stage really was a big thing um, yeah. during those 2008 to 2012 ish ballpark were mm-hmm. you finding that the tours you were on were big um, and turnouts were big. And were you finding it easy to create a fan base in the live setting? Uh, there were some, like some tours. So we did some bigger tours, but I don't think that that didn't come right away. Definitely not. The first, I would say the first solid, um, sorry, that beeping is my dishwasher. Um, the first, I would say... The first couple of years were, were, you know, pretty much a grind, you know, like when you're playing to, you know, small clubs and bars and coffee shops and places where metal music should never be, but someone booked you. And so you're there. Um, it's, it's fun and it's great because, um, it's kind of like, not that there's like no rules or no supervision, but it, it definitely felt like it was it was like our scene, you know, the people that, that were coming to the shows really cared, wanted to be there. You know, there are people that you could identify with and most of them were relatively your age, you know, even the promoters and like the, the people putting the shows on and stuff like that. It, it all felt very, um, you know, like, like it was for the people, you know what I mean? So that was really fun. Um, but then I think 
I think after we did Strangers Only was when we got started to get actual, what I would say, like our bigger tours where, you know, you're playing concert halls and, you know, places with really legit sound systems and stages and, you know, people are actually showing up and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, man, I think it, it definitely took some time um, and heavy touring and, and, and a lot of the live gigs definitely sharpened us up. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely a growing process, though. I, did, I don't think it was like right away good. And the, you know, you mentioned Strangers Only, which, you know, there was a couple of interesting things in the period time of the band was mm-hmm. um, around then you switched to start doing bass as well. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something that it was just through a necessary? Because I know the previous <laughs> bass player had, had left, but yep. <laughs> were you contemplating bringing in someone else to play bass? No, it was it was purely just like, it's just like singing, man. Like it was just like, well, fuck, you know, someone has to do it. Um, you know, we thought... <laughs> we knew that there was no way we were going to bring in somebody new just because we're, um, it's not that we're like, you know, uh, clicky or exclusive or anything like that. But, you know, um, like we, 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 I think our band was fortunate in the fact that we were all like genuinely, um, like best friends. Um, I think that there is, um, there's a lot of bands where, you know, you like, you may be friends or you may get along or you may even not get along. Like they're, you know, bands where people genuinely hate each other. Um, but we were really lucky in the fact that like, um, I mean, it was me and my brother. Um, we've been lucky that we've been friends our whole life. So there's that. And then, you know, one of our great friends from, from home. And then, um, one of the cousins of our original founding members who lives in New Jersey, but he joined the band and, you know, became like, like family. And so we were really lucky because, you know, we were all like, uh, like great friends. And so when our original bass player, Luke, um, decided to, to quit the band at the time, right, like pretty early or pretty close to us doing that record, um, we were like, man, there's, there's just no way we're bringing in somebody new. Like, it's just, it was just too, it felt like it was just too intimate as our thing. And it would just be we would just fucking ruin it if we brought somebody else in, you know, it's just like, no way, you know, this is our, our thing, our inner circle. Like that thought, I don't think we could ever, ever could have done that, but I really didn't know what we were going to do because, you know, I, I was just a front man at the time, you know, I had never, <laughs> I had never played bass. Like, I mean, you can transfer your skills from guitar somewhat, you know, but it was, it was a whole different thing. And so, um, I think my brother will probably take credit for, or well, deserves credit for me playing bass because, you know, he was just kind of like, uh, just like subtly, subconsciously planting that idea into everyone's mind. And I specifically remember, like, I was not into it at first. I was like, no, there's no way that's going to work. Like, the shows are going to look weird. I'm, I can't move around. Like, it's not going to make any sense. And he was just like, you'll see, you know, he just was like, you're going to play bass. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then, you know, <laughs> then I did. Cause I mean, you're, you're writing these songs and, and you're working on riffs and ideas. And, you know, my house was always like the, the rehearsal space, you know, where everybody has their gear and everyone comes over to jam. And so it's like, you know, uh, okay, we're going to write us, we're, we're working on riffs. Like we always wrote together, like, like, 
played as a band and, and wrote the songs together um, for the most part. And, you know, it's like, well, it's not that fun to listen to just guitar and drums. Like, if you got a fucking 8 by 10 bass rig sitting right there, like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to dick around on it and I'm going to try to play along so that the song sounds good. So I'm playing bass in practice and then once the song's written, you know, I'm, I'm playing bass through the whole fucking song haven't written any vocals yet but now i'm the fucking bass player you know what i mean and he just kind of he just kind of like snuck that in there you know and then you know i i tracked bass on the record and you know we kind of like just kind of like talked about it enough and then it was just like yeah that's that's what's happening now and it was fucking weird man it was so weird it's just like it's just so strange you know from from being a, a a singer screamer you know front man who can run around and you know just drag my microphone all over the stage uh and it's like your 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 movement and your body language is like a whole part of the show it's like now you're fucking you know you you've you've grown roots and you're just stuck in the middle of the stage and oh it was so strange because we're like when we first started touring we're playing songs from the record before like because you can't play only the new stuff even though god knows we tried you know people want to hear the songs they're familiar with um, so we're playing these songs from beforehand and now I got to play these fucking songs and, and, and sing vocals with them and they were never intended to be that way. And it was, I was so new at it and it looked awkward. It felt awkward. Um, like there's videos of that from that time and it's just like, ah, oh, like it's just such a, such a growing pain. Um, I think I eventually like it became cool, but at first it was like, it just felt weird, man. Well, it's also hard because you're instead of just remembering your lyrics, um, your and your breathing techniques and any of that that are going on, you're now also having to remember what comes next in the chord progression for that song. Yeah, and well, the thing is, like with bass or with with, and especially in like metal and metalcore and stuff like that, is like, you know, we're playing riffs, like. You know, it's not just like a, it's not just like a strumming, you know, I'm not just keeping time. Like I have to like, you know, play these, these, these syncopated patterns that like, and do like my, you know, vocals over top. It was just, oh man, like they were sloppy. I mean, I always like, <laughs> I was like, if I'm going to fuck up, I'm going to fuck up the bass before I'm going to fuck up the words. You know what I mean? Because you can get away with with mistakes on bass so much easier than you can, you know, <laughs> singing the song. Um, so I just, I just kind of, you know, uh, bullshitted my way through the first, you know, couple shows or whatever, but it eventually it became cool. And I think it became, um, you know, kind of a, um, like a, a unique thing about our band, you know, that, that kind of differentiated, a differentiated us in a way, you know, like to be a, a, a new metal slash, you know, metalcore type band with a, with a bassist front man. You know what I mean? Like everybody has mic stands and we're not running around. We're just kind of like standing at our spot, you know, like headbanging. Like that was kind of like a, a different look. Um, so eventually I think it became cool for us. But at first, man, at first it was weird. Well, yeah, it'd be exactly the like you said. It it differentiates, but also you mentioned in there that the style kind of switched up a bit on Strangers Only, and yeah. um, to say new metal was brought in is, I think, an understatement. There's a lot of new metal <laughs> in there, 
But and I, I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean no, it in no, a positive sure. way. Um, in 2013, when that came out, um, new metal was dead. Um, you know, nobody was really trying to. There were some little bands here and there that were trying to bring it back. Mm-hmm. But at that stage, it wasn't a thing. And now you look around, and a lot of bands are bringing it back into their music. Yeah. Um, Kane, Kane Hill is just an example in itself. Um, mm-hmm. What was the process or the thought process about doing it? Were, was it that you guys just wanted to throw a curveball out there and see where it went? Or was it intentional that you guys were <clears> like, look, I'm, we're sick of doing just the metal core. Let's yeah. do something else. I think it was definitely more of the latter. I think we um, we just kind of got burnt out on it, to be honest. I mean, we toured pretty consistently for... Uh, like two and a half years, maybe three. I don't. I don't really remember. Um, but leading up to that, and man, it just it 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 kind of took a, a good thing, a cool thing, and just you know ran it into the ground for us. It was like, you know, uh, all these bands sound the fucking same. Like any of these songs could be interchangeable with the next. It's all like the same chord progressions and these these just basic breakdowns. And there's so many like tropes and you know uh like just stereotypes that started happening and it just felt really i don't know it just it it just kind of felt not that we outgrew it because i don't want to say that i mean who am i to 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 talk about anybody's music but you know what i'm saying it just kind of felt like it wasn't us anymore like even our songs were like yeah. this, this feels it just feels so i don't know it felt it felt very um not, I guess oh, generic. Yeah. yeah, just kind of generic yeah. or uh, what's the word? Lars Ulrich. Stock. It just felt stock. That's what <laughs> it felt like. And so, um, you know, we kind of, we, we knew what we didn't want. Um, and I guess that's like a start. You know what I mean? At least that's better than nothing. Um, and so it was weird. It was just kind of like, um, uh, I, 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 had knew, I had known of these bands somewhat you know, but like, not really. Um, and so kind of like, it was weird. We just kind of started writing, um, you know, writing these songs. And I think that, um, like my, I think my main influences at the time, cause it's funny, people always try to talk about the influences, uh, for strangers only. And, um, it's always bands that I like had never heard of until after the record came out. Um, but I think we were listening, like for me, it would have been like a lot of Limp Bizkit, and um, I got really into Nirvana and, um, oh geez, um, Silverchair. It's one of my favorites. Um, mm. Shout out to Australia, of course. Um, and like, those were kind of like these bands that I was really into. And, and each of the guys had, had like, each of us had like our, our handful of bands that were like our favorites and they were all different. And so we kind of like had that, you know, like melting pot thing going on. Um, so yeah, I think it was, it was really just, we knew what we didn't want to do. We didn't want to just make this, the same metalcore record. We wanted to, you know, we wanted to make it, you know, high energy, but, but kind of more fun and just kind of like, kind of not take ourselves so seriously, but then also like to take it seriously. I don't know. It was, it's hard to hard to put my finger on, but um, but it's funny because you know after um, after the record came out and people were always talking about um, the what it sounds like, you know that's kind of like 
I feel like whenever, um, you know, something even just like a little bit different is happening, it's always like, what is like the closest thing we can relate this to? Um, mm. and so people were always just like saying what bands we sounded like. And half the time it was like bands that like I had never even listened to, you know, um, or had never heard of, you know, and I mean, it was cool because it was a way for me to find new bands, but it was just like, it's just so funny to, to hear, to watch people like sort of, you know, cherry pick their influences of what they thought it sounded like. Um, but it was just cool that people were listening, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny because after that came out, this is kind of this world of, you know, of, of bands from the 90s and early 2000s and late 80s and all these alternative, all this alternative metal that like I didn't even know existed um, was just fucking cool to discover and um, was really fun. It was, it was also really well received. From memory, it got a lot of positive attention, positive reviews. Um, as you also mentioned earlier, you know, you were playing some bigger stuff. Um, and also it was an interesting time because, as you said, you were not being so serious but still serious. You had this yeah. little fine balance. And I remember because I read an article, I think it was in Metal Hammer, or it was Kerrang, it was one of those. And um, you guys used the frame, the phrase that you were puke rock. Yeah. <laughs> why, 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 why call it puke rock? Was it literally just tongue in cheek? You were like, oh, let's just say this and see if it runs? Yeah, pretty much. It was kind of like, um, well, it was really just because we didn't want to be considered new metal, um, mm. which, uh, granted, it like, it's pretty new metal. When I listen to it now, I'm like, yeah, all right, I get that. But it was also, you know, it was also just, uh, it was kind of just a way of like, we want to just have our own thing. I think I came up with it as like a potential song title. And then we're like, no, it doesn't fit for any of the songs. Um, but I thought it would be cool um, to just kind of have like a, uh, like a little, like a mantra or just like a little, uh, uh, a catch, just like a little, you know, not a catchphrase, catch but phrase. like just our, our little, our little crew, our, our little, you know, like our thing that we can, you know, we can rep it and we can shout it out. Like, you know, it can be, um, a way to sort of build community around it. Um, you know, just for ourselves and then our fans can get into it too. Um, I think that's kind of like a hip hop thing. You know, I feel like there's a lot of, um, a lot of that, that that made sense to me, and I was like, man, that'd be cool if it was just kind of like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna brand this as our specific, you know, taste, our specific thing, and like, yeah, it, it sounds like a lot of stuff that's come before, but like, you know, we're here now, so this is what we're gonna call it, and it just kind of just kind of became this thing to like, you know. Um, yeah, just kind of like a branding thing, you know, just something to mm. something to 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 attach to our name, um, because uh, I've always uh, I, not that I don't like the band name or anything like that, because it 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 has its own identity now. But I never thought that my ticket home sounded that cool, like just on the on the first impression, like setting. Um, mm -hmm. So you'll notice it's never like my ticket home's not on the covers at least not the last two, mm. um, because it's always like, fuck, like, I want a, I want a cooler name than that. But so Puke Rock was like, <laughs> all right, cool, we can have, that's like our own thing, and it's like, you hear that, you're like, what's that? You know what I mean? Like, I've, we're like, that's cooler, you know, 
it's, it's something else to attach to my ticket home to like validate that name and make it sound cooler. Well, you're kind of stuck with it now. I mean, yeah, it was, home, yeah, yeah, which is fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> something they don't um, tell you when you start a band and you're 17. You fucking like the name because you can't, you know, <laughs> can't change it. Well, yeah, we thought about changing the name. Um, we thought about changing the name before we released Strangers Only and then like Strangers Only was going to be the first release of a new band and people thought about changing the name and I was always like I was always against that idea because it just name changes like unless you're unless you're like I feel like it's either you need to either be like really small or like really massively successful because if you're really small and you change your name virtually no one it doesn't matter you know what I mean you're basically you're starting from from scratch again and it's all good you're not losing that much um and if you're like super famous and you change your name it's like a revelation like because you're already famous and everyone wants to hear about it um but if you're like in the middle and you change your name like like everyone just calls you by your old name because you know what i'm saying it's like it'd be like if your Mm. best friend walked in and be like you know like yo you got to call me tigger from now on and like that's your nickname (laughs) and you'd be like no that's not your name you know what i'm saying like You'd be like, I'm not calling you that. You know what I mean? Because you know him as, you know, whatever his name is. So it's kind of like <laughs> people thought about changing the name and all that sort of shit. And I was just like, ah, let's not do it. But yeah, no, and random aside. It, 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 the other process, the other thing that you probably also thought about being in the middle ground is, you know, whether you were happy or you wanted to people to listen to your old stuff, you're in a way eliminating that from anyone's thought process. So fans that were into it, forget about you or forget about it. And new fans would never go back and discover it. It's quite a hard decision. Yeah. And that was a thought too, because we were like, man, this record's really different. And, you know, we kind of felt like we had outgrown our old, you know, the music that was released at the time. And so that was appealing because we were like, oh, it'd be cool. It's like a rebirth. And then we can kind of like distance ourselves from what we've done before and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, you got to take any press that you have or that you can get. Um, And so it's like, yeah, we may not be the biggest fans of those records. Like, we feel like we've outgrown them. We're going to be better now. Like, let's just do it and, you know, leave it. Because it's like, you know, you're just throwing away all that, you know, groundwork that you've laid of any time anyone's ever heard the band name my ticket home ever seen it read anything about it like all those little you know word of mouth connections that are in the music industry you're just throwing all those out it's like let's not do that well an interesting next step you guys took was uh you dropped off well not dropped off you left rise and you joined Mm. spine farm um you're still major label um, why the switch was it a simple switch that your contract ran out or is it the case of time for a new environment yeah it was kind of um, it was kind of complicated actually it's kind of one of those things um, where we had a decent relationship with Rise for the most part um, and I feel very grateful to them for everything that they did for us because it's like you know without signing us at the start when when they did you know I don't know that we would have ever had uh, you know, enough fuel or enough support to like push through those, those early growing years. Um, but I felt like, or we, we felt that after that release with them, um, that we just weren't fitting with their label very well. Um, we didn't feel like they were very interested in us. Um, like that release strangers only, um, is, it did well for us. Um, like, 
now, but at the time it was a slow burn, man. Like, um, you know, when we, uh, when we put the record out, I don't think we had any, you know, we didn't have any music videos to go with it, any sort of press. Like it was hilarious. Like the record came out and then probably like maybe like six or seven months later, um, I did the video for hot soap because I was like, let's do a music video. And, um, when that video came out, I swear to God, it was like as if we had just dropped the record. Like more people were interested in listening to it and talking about it because of that video came out than ever did when the record came out. Like it, it was hilarious. Like people were like, yo, this new shit is sick. I'm like, this new shit's been out for eight months. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was hilarious, dude. Um, so, you know, and, and not to, you know, like, I feel like it's so easy as a band to be like, yeah, our, our label didn't promote us or whatever. You know, I mean, it's just as much on us as it is on anybody else. You know, we kind of were under that, uh, that, that naive impression that it's like you write a record and then, you know, congratulations, you're done. And it's like, not how it works. You know what I mean? You write a record and then you fucking have to, you know, go on the campaign trail. Like you're running for goddamn president trying to promote the thing, mm. which we did not do. Um, so yeah, I think after that, um, we, we were looking for something else. And then, um, our manager, Luca, God bless him. Uh, that dude has been with us since I was 16. Uh, so the whole time virtually, um, and he had a connection with Spine Farm, I think, and um, suggested us to sign to them. And I was pretty torn, man. I, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go with a label um, because I, I just felt like it made, I felt like it made more sense to, um, to just try and keep our freedom and, you know, um, like I, I, I started getting into recording and I had my little home studio and stuff like that. Um, and not that I was making anything good enough to release at the time, but I felt like I could, you know, with practice and stuff and, you know, it's just tough. It's like, I feel like labels are in a really tough spot right now because it's like, mm -hmm. you know, all, all the things that they used to provide are just like withering away as far as the importance goes. Do you know what I mean? Like the manufacturing well, and distribution is. of CDs, the promotional materials, like everything's happening online now. And, you know, fucking there are, there are records on the radio that were made on people's laptops and in people's bedrooms with no label. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's getting tough. And so, you know, I, I was kind of, I was drawn to the idea of doing it independent, but, um, then Spine Farm came to the table and, uh, convinced me otherwise. And it was cool. Well, I mean, you, you you're right, though. The industry is at a stage now where um, you can release, uh, record, release, tour, promote everything through yourselves and your mm -hmm. own people. Um, the power of a label has definitely, you know, some labels obviously still have power. Oh, and yeah. still have quite a big influence. But for, for you guys, I'm not surprised it was actually a thought process um, because also not only is the power in your hands, but... The reality of also the current industry is money is tight for being in a band. Making money is a hard thing. So all the money would automatically come to you. You don't need to filter it through anyone else. You don't have to pay off anyone else. Yeah, it's great. If, if you're able to make your own music, like as in, you know, you don't have to pay 
um, too much to go to a, a professional recording studio. Like if you can, if you can make product that you are, uh, you know, proud of and happy with and that your fans like, then uh, it's a really tough sell to be like, you know, cause, cause then, you know, if, if you're satisfied with the production, you know, then the label just offers promotion and it's like, that's a lot of money to go and give up percentage wise for, for promotion. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's tough. Mm. How did Unreal go for you guys? Um, because it seemed like you guys didn't want to do a Strangers Only Part 2, which mm. is a lot of you know, a lot of respect for that because there was elements of Strangers Only, but then it felt like, you know, like we were saying earlier, how people love to say influences, but it felt mm-hmm. like Nirvana was coming in more. Mm-hmm. This grunge feeling was coming in more. Um, so did you find that fans instantly swarmed to it or did you find that fans were going oh it's not as good as strangers only you know give me more of that as they do sometimes yeah i think it was i think it was probably 50 50 or maybe more towards the um people wanting a strangers only part two um because it was strange like i feel like um our fan base was uh i i I feel like i never really know like who 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 our fans are like not that sounds strange but like i never really know like like what other bands do they listen to you know what i mean like what are the other bands mm. that our fans are listening to do you know what i'm saying like are they are they are they from the metalcore genre and they they like these other metalcore bands and and they like us because we're heavy and we scream and that sort of stuff or are they like are they into like old school alternative and you know they they like it because it's reminiscent of that era you know or do they just like the 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 melodies? I don't know. You know what I'm saying. So I I'm always like um, I, a little bit unsure. Especially anytime you're releasing something, some new piece of music, you you have that whole strange thought process of like, uh, what are people gonna think? Um, but you know, our our thing has always been like, we're just gonna write whatever the fuck we want, and you know, if if people like it, that's awesome. But like you know, the minute you start thinking about what do people want to hear, you know, you're, you're just, you're just making a product for a market. At that point, you're just a business. And it's like, that's not what any of us ever wanted to do. So we, we try really hard consciously to, um, avoid that. And we, and we were pretentious about it at, at a certain point, but, um, you know, we, we, we knew that we didn't want to do strangers only part two. Um, kind of because we, we kind of did, um, we actually have, um, a record between, uh, strangers only and unreal that was just like stuff that I did in my home studio, um, that we never released, but we were contemplating releasing. Like, I think we had probably like, I think like 12 songs. Um, and those songs we were like, we, those were the songs we were shopping to different studios and different producers of like, you know, we're working on this record. Here's where we're at with it. We've got you know, X this many songs. And then, um, we got a, um, we got a gig, uh, recording some songs with, uh, a producer named Johnny K. Um, he's not the one who did the full length record, but he was just doing these, these songs while we were doing the writing process. Um, and we went in, we talked with him. Um, we went in with him for like a week, I think. And then we recorded, um, we, like, we had those songs done and he's like, okay, well you already have these done. These are like fairly complete. Like, do you have anything new that you're in the middle of writing? Like, do you have any, anything, 
else that you're working on. And so we did these three songs that were like totally new. Um, and they were more in sort of like the, the radio rock ish, alternative rock, active rock type vein, but they were still grungy. Um, and it was really fun for us, man. It was really cool. And that was when I started, um, uh, when I was going to become the singer, it was the same, same fucking thing again, man. Cause on the last, on strangers only, I sang a little bit, but our guitar player, Derek did, I think most of the, of the clean singing, I just did all the screams mm. and then, you know, comes time to, we're writing this record. We're going to go into, you know, do these few songs with this big time rock producer. We're going to go to his studio and like a week before we go, uh, Derek's like, dude, I don't want to sing anymore. You're going to, I think you should sing. And I'm like, I'm like, are you sure? You know, and I'm talking to him, my brother, I'm like, yeah, dude, you should do it. And I'm like, okay, that's great. Cool. But so now I got a fucking, you know, uh, we're doing like this, you know, this like writing sort of these writing sessions with this producer and we're recording the songs at his place. And, you know, his fuck his studio's ridiculous. I mean, he's he's a big time producer, so he's got like all this nice gear, all this cool shit. And, you know, and we're writing these songs on the spot. So I'm like writing the vocals, writing the melodies, and trying to sing this stuff. Um, and it's like I gotta just fucking, you know, put my balls on the table, right? Like I gotta sing for this fucking dude is like he worked with disturbed and stained and fucking like all these big bands and it's like i gotta fucking sing for him now and oh man <laughs> i was just oh shitting myself i was so but it it worked out it ended up being real good um and we didn't use we didn't use those three songs um we didn't use those versions we reworked them um but that was kind of like our first step into being like trying to write something that was um, eh, not selling out, but just kind of like, you know, just like dipping our toe into that pond of like some sort of, you know, more accessible, uh, like pop mentality, but with like, you know, sludgy grunge rock guitars. Um, and so like, after we kind of got a taste of that, we just kind of kept writing. And then when it came time to do the record, you know, those 12 songs that we thought were the record, you know, a year ago, kind of all got, you know, like boxed out. So um, when people hear Unreal and they're like, oh, it's not Strangers Only Part Two, it's like, well, there was like a, a, a very natural progression that that happened with. It's just that those songs never got released. Um, but I plan to release them. So that's cool. People will get to hear them. But um, so that's kind of what happened. Why it, it almost feels like they're two albums apart rather than consecutive albums and that's kind of why well i think i think unreal is a really fucking insanely good album i mean you look at tracks like gasoline kiss hyper real flypaper we all use uh, down life i mean these tracks like in in some ways feels like a completely different band but in yeah. other ways feels like feel and then in other ways feels like the same band just naturally evolving um, yeah. So it's quite interesting for everyone that's a fan of the band can hear that, you know, it wasn't just a dramatic leap. There was a step in between. Mm -hmm. um, but I think um, the more I've listened to Unreal, the more I've grown to love it. It's one of those albums for me, like Strangers Only for me was an instant listen, instant love. Mm -hmm. Unreal for me had two or three songs I instantly loved. And then the more I've listened to it, the more I loved it. Is that mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think that's kind of... Um that makes sense to me for sure. I feel like that's kind of, that's what we expected. Um, 
I kind of, when I look back on it now, I kind of wish we had, had done it differently. Like, I feel like I wish we would have put out the singles in a different order and kind of given people a little bit more what they wanted, like in or in, in how we release the songs. Um, but we, we just kind of, we always just kind of had this attitude of being like, you know, like, fuck you, we're going to do what we want. And I feel like that, that kind of got in our way a little bit, um, at, with, with certain things. Um, because I definitely feel like there was a lot of people that, you know, uh, they just wanted us to be heavy, you know what I mean? And they missed, they, 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 they were like, where's the, you know, where's strangers only, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then when we started touring, even that, even that same sort of thing, just like a little bit of that of like, um, cause we, cause we're playing, you know, mostly the new stuff because I, I don't know what it was with us, man, but that's just always how it was. Like if it wasn't the most recent thing we had written, we fucking hated it. And it was like, I, I don't know why we were that way, but it always just kind of felt that way. Um, so looking back on it now, I think we could have, could have done things a little bit differently, but, um, yeah, kind of makes sense that it, that it was that way for you. Well, it also, I mean, you, you can't have regrets and, you know, obviously things happen for a reason and the natural progression happens. Um, mm -hmm. But an interesting thing I thought was it seemed like you guys were really active until around to end of 2018, start mm -hmm. of 2019. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of felt like the band just kind of disappeared. You know, there was oh, nothing yeah, going dude. on on the social medias. So what, I mean, what's going on? Um, you know, I've, I have seen without going into head cave yet, because we'll get to that, mm -hmm. that you've had to comment to people that are like, you're like, don't worry. Well, it's, um, so I've been planning to like, uh, I feel like I've been planning to, uh, to say something about this because I feel bad because f people are just confused. Um, basically, we, um, we took time off because um, people were having uh, family health issues that were going on that uh it wouldn't have been appropriate to tour during that time um so we kind of took some time off to do that and then it was just kind of like uh it was kind of like stepping in quicksand you know what i mean of like once we're like all right we're gonna take a break from touring because you know people need to be with their families kind of a thing uh it was just kind of like the the paint dried and then you know people got jobs that were more than just jobs they were careers and then girlfriends and all sorts of stuff and we're getting older i mean i'm 27 now geez and you know my brother's 24 derek's i think 28 matt's 27 so it's like people get into that age where it's like dude you know like i i, I don't you know you can't you can't be living with your parents and and going on tour nine months out of the year it's like uh, you're, it kind of gets to that point where either your band hits that and, and you make enough and you're successful enough that that warrant, like that justification for full-time, you know, musician makes sense. And if you don't hit that, it's like, man, you come home from tour and it's like, you, you feel like you're, uh, you know, uh, you're kind of like behind where your, your peers are. You're like, you don't, you don't have a career going on, all this sort of stuff. So, you know, people really made use of that time. And so then it was like, uh, I think one of the tours we went on, one of the last tours we went on for Unreal, like two of the guys had to had to quit their jobs uh, to go on tour. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a three month three month tour, and it's like, dude, I, I can't ask somebody to quit their job to go on to go on a tour. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's your it's your it's your buddy, and you want to you know, yeah, I want to tour and play shows, but it's like, 
that's, you know, that's somebody working on their career. And it's like, dude, you, you can't just do that every, every time, you know what I mean? You can't do that. Like, I'm going to go on tour, come home, you know, try to get a job for a month. And then next, then I got to quit. You know what I mean? Like just doesn't fly. Um, and so really that's just all it was. It's just not like people, people, you know, you got to eat, you got to pay rent and, and you kind of, you kind of start to enjoy it a little bit, you know, like being in the same place, you know, sleeping in the same bed, you kind of, you kind of get used to that. Um, cause you know, we had to take a break for, I would say almost like a year. And so then by the time, you know, that whole situation resolved itself, we had all just kind of grown apart a little bit, which, um, it's, it's kind of sad, you know, I mean, it's on one hand, it was like, uh, it was very natural. People were just doing what they wanted to do, um, which I think is how it should be. Um, but it definitely feels a little bit unfinished at the moment. Um, so like where, where everyone's at is I've, I've talked with everybody and, um, we've got a lot of music that we have, um, recorded, but not released. Um, because up until that like family stuff was going on, we were still writing, uh, and we were writing a lot. So we have, um, pretty much a full length album, uh, done, um, that is like post unreal. It's, it's the newest thing. We, we were writing this stuff in, uh, like in throughout late 2018, early 2019. And, um, so I need to finish that up and, um, basically like we're going to release that and all the unreleased, uh, stuff between strangers only and unreal. And then I've got like a fair collection of like B sides and demos and alternative versions and all this sort of shit. Right. And so we're just going to kind of put all this stuff together in like a, you know, big sort of two-parter type thing and, and release that as, as a new record. And that'll kind of be like our farewell thing. Like that'll be the last thing we probably do. And, you know, people can hear that way. Every, everyone can hear everything. And it's not just fucking, you know, collecting dust on my hard drive. Like I want people to hear these songs. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like where we're at with it. It's just, um, people just kind of naturally, you know, drifting off and doing their own thing. Um, but it's not to say that we, we don't, you know, want to write together or never would record again. Um, just kind of where people are in their, you know, in their journeys of life, you know, it's like, it's like you said at the beginning of people, you know, finding what their identity is in, in the world, you know, that's kind of taking people away from music at the moment. So that's just where it is. Yeah. It's an unfortunate part of, of life that, you know, it, people have to, at some stage, you know, in a sense, grow up. It's probably not the right phrase, but in a way it, it kind of is, you know, you're, yeah. You have family commitments, job commitments. Um, you know, you want to take advantage of those moments in life that you've missed out on for so many years. But um, it is really exciting as a fan to know that there will be some more music that we can get our hands on and our and get into our ear holes. But for sure, dude, it's I'm all, excited to put it, it out. It's got to be sad for you. It's got to feel a little bittersweet though, because I mean that's your baby that you're in a sense saying goodbye to at the end of the day. Yeah, it it's weird. I don't I I don't really feel any sort of sadness at the moment when I think about it, but I'm sure that I I could if I thought hard enough. But I think it's just kind of um you know, uh, it's it's a pretty fortunate situation when you really think about it. Like your first band that you start, like you're able to, you know, sign to a label 
you know, toured the country. Um, I never got to go overseas, but I mean, we toured the U.S. many times. I've been to all 48 states many times. I've been coast to coast in Canada twice. Like, that's a lot of traveling for, you know, somebody going through their formative years of, you know, like 20 to 25, 26. Um, and, you know, getting to play all these shows, meet all these people. Like, I've met so many people that, like, at one point, like, they were my favorite band. You know what I'm saying? Like, growing up. And it's like, dude, it, it was all so cool. And I think that, um, you know, for for all the different ways I've felt about our music and all the criticisms that I, you know, have ever had in general, I feel very happy about it. Um, and, and proud of what we were able to do. Um, and most of all, I'm excited for, um, you know, being able to just kind of finish it, you know what I mean? To, 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 to take these songs that, um, that we've written, the, the most recent songs that we've written, um, over the past two years, um, and to finish them, put them out, you know, give them to people, say, you know, as, as a thank you and, you know, just say thank you for all the support, you know, here's this last record, um, and, and, and all the, the, the extra stuff from the years before and just have all this stuff out there. So it's like, man, you know, it, there it is, it's on the record, you know what I mean? And that's kind of like, that's like my favorite thing about music is that it's like, you can just, I mean, I obviously don't know what happened will happen with technology and stuff down the road, but the hope is it's like you can make something that will last forever uh, or or as close to forever as it can, you know what I mean? And that will that will last, you know, uh longer than your life. You know what I mean? And so it's like we can we can it'll feel good to sort of like, you know, put put things right, you know, finish it you know, and set the record straight with, with, with all the music that we need to release that I have recorded. Um, and it's like, it'll be done, you know? So on one hand it is sad, but on the other hand, I'm, I, I think I'll feel very excited and, uh, just kind of like closure where it's like, here it is. You know what I mean? Mm. Enjoy it. Well, it is. And it's, it's something that not everyone gets to do, but, um, they don't get that chance to, you know, get out everything. And so it is an exciting um, thing and exciting for you, but exciting for fans as well, definitely. But yeah, another definitely. exciting thing is that you're clearly not finished uh, getting music out there. And the start of this year, you um, kind of out of nowhere uh, released and announced Head Cave and the self titled EP, uh, which quite interesting um, that it's a heavier outlet, but also the interesting thing is. It's got uh, Nick from Night Versus and Tanner mm-hmm. from uh, In Flames, or currently In Flames, on it. So, A, how did you link up with the guys? And B, uh, what's the go with it? Is it just going to be uh, just a kind of an outlet for your musical stuff? Or is it going to be something that you're going to turn into maybe a live thing? You know, um, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, like up in the air at the moment. Um, basically as far as like you know how how serious of a project it will be um depends on i i how much people like it i suppose um so nick and i uh have known each other um we did a tour together um several years ago um i think it was when uh when right around when strangers only came out um we did a tour with them um, and fucking loved all the dudes that were in Night Versus. Um, super awesome band. Uh, great band. 
um, really got along well with them on the tour. And um, Nick had, um, he had these songs that he was writing, um, these, these, these instrumental, you know, these heavier songs, um, because he, he has his home studio and stuff like that. So, you know, he's able to, to make these songs and he had sent me one. Oh geez. I think it was a couple years ago, uh, at this point and was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking to do, you know, uh, I'm looking to get some vocalists on these songs that I've been writing. Um, would you be down to, to sing on a couple of them? And I was, but at that time I was still doing my ticket home and, um, I just kind of never really happened. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, these are cool. And then just kind of like, didn't, didn't follow through on it and never really went anywhere with it. And then, um, around the time when things were getting real slow for us, you know, we weren't really writing, we weren't really jamming and we obviously weren't touring. Um, I, I, I just kind of got like, like backed up musically, like mentally, like it just kind of was just like, just, it just felt weird. Like not, not, not doing anything musically, not writing, not recording, not playing. Um, and I was just, I was just kind of, you know, was pissed off about other, other, you know, things that were going on in my life. And, um, he had this song that I heard, I think I heard it on Instagram actually, cause he posts all these cool like riff videos of him playing. Um, so I heard this tune and I went to his website, uh, and I listened to it and like, I just had all these vocal ideas like right away, like all these different ideas. And I was like, Oh dude, this is cool. Like, and there, he had like these two songs and I was listening to these two and I had ideas for both of them, but I picked one of them and I was like, I'm just going to fucking, I'm just going to put some vocals on this. I'm going to put vocals on it and like, see if it's good. You know what I mean? Like I, I can hear them in my head. Like, let me see if they sound good when I sing them and like, I'll just send it to him. So, um, I tracked this song, um, put the vocals down on it. I was happy with it. And like, I remember I was like headed to the bar with a friend of mine and like, I just finished it up real quick and, uh, and sent him the song. Uh, like I texted it to him, like, and just sent it to him and was like, Hey, let me know what you think. And then like that whole evening, like I was like not paying attention to anything that was going on. Cause I was just looking at my phone, like, what's he going to say? And, uh, he, and he did, he dug it, man. And he, we were kind of going back and forth about, about the track. And then, uh, we kind of, uh, I was like, yeah, give me a call, you know, later we'll talk about it. And I think I talked to him the next day and, uh, he was like, would you be interested in like doing a project? And I was just like, oh yes, because that's what I was hoping would happen. I was hoping that I would send him the track, he would dig it. And then he'd be interested in, in me singing on more tracks. So, um, he asked me if I was into doing a project and I was like, fuck yeah. Um, and you know, I really wanted to do it, um, you know, like very, uh, very self-sufficient, you know, very like direct relationship between us to like the audience, like the fans, like, um, you know, he, he has the means to record himself. I have the means to record myself, like, and we're both totally self-sufficiently capable of making music. So it's like, we don't need to fucking, you know, worry about a label. We don't need to worry about a studio. We don't need to worry about anything. Like you write a song. If you think it's good, send it to me. I'll sing on it. If you think it's good, we'll fucking release it. And we can, we can, we can just put songs out like whenever we want. Like how cool is that? 
And so that was kind of the, the, uh, like the mental vision that I started to have for this project. Um, and then we ended up doing more than a couple songs and we're like, well, let's, let's, you know, put this little EP together. Um, and let's release it and see what people think. And, uh, it almost didn't happen. There was like a couple little roadblocks and stuff, but, um, fortunately he was, he was into doing it. And, uh, and so now it's out there people can listen to it. Um, and it feels really good, man. It's cool. It's, it's, it's strange because like my whole musical career has been MTH, just one band and now it's not. And it's like fucking weird, but it's cool, you know? So I'm, I'm glad, um, really, really, uh, like, um, thankful for, for the fact that people seem interested, um, and are listening to it. So it's cool, man. feels good. Oh, you got to, um, you guys got to make sure you keep doing it because there's something, there's something about it. It's that it's got that little bit of extra edge, um, in the heavy side of things. And I think yeah. that's probably why I got really excited about it. I, di- I went into it not knowing what I was going to listen to. Um, and then when I heard how heavy it was, I was like, Ooh, yeah, that was my thought. It was like, um, you know, I feel like the whole, our whole career in MTH, like we're always trying to like swim against what people wanted musically, like just for whatever reason, that's just kind of like how, how we were. And I was like, Oh, well this is, this is something that like, is fully creatively satisfying for me because to me, like for whatever reason, for whatever reason, like I always kind of like had a chip on my shoulder about like screaming and, and, and screaming vocals. And, and it, it, it always kind of, turned into like a parody of itself for me a little bit. Um, and then, uh, it's kind of like come back around for me recently. And, you know, I've, I've, I've got the bands that I like and the the bands that I admire. And it's like, man, like just because some people aren't doing it well, it doesn't mean that it can't be done well. Like you can't write this off. Um, and so it's something about something about like his riffs and his musical sensibility, like just feels, feels different and feels like, you know, I feel fully justified, like putting screaming vocals on it. And it's like, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel, you know, pandering. It doesn't feel disingenuous. Like it just feels fun and it just feels good. And so it's like really refreshing for me because it's like, you know, I can just, you know, grab the mic and and let her rip. And it's just like, and, and it feels, it feels like it makes sense. Um, so really, really, um, feel lucky that, you know, him and I have like linked up and it, and it seems cool. It is, man. It's, it is exciting. And you know, it's exciting for listeners that are fans of my ticket home and where, um, and maybe fans of heavier stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Everyone, when they're listening to this podcast at the end, um, as you all know, I normally play a song or two. The first song you'll hear will be a head cave song. So Sick, bro. stick with this. <laughs> awesome, stick with man. the chat, guys. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. If you, well, shit, if they've listened this long, I'm sure they'll be interested to hear it. Um, but yeah, man, it's like, um, it feels good, man. It's cool. I, that was kind of our hope was that like, you know, um, people that are fans of him as a guitar player um, will hopefully like hearing these songs with vocals on them. Um, and people that are fans of my band will just like to hear me, you know, screaming and, and, and singing full out, you know what I mean? And, and, and get back to this heavier side of stuff. Um, so i just felt like a win-win, you know? It's fucking sick, man. Love it. Um, Thank you. Now we, I've held you for far too long. So I'm going <laughs> to look to, 
I'm going to look to wrap things up. And what I do to wrap things up with everyone is I do a segment called Pick Your Poison. So we're just going to you know, have a little bit of uh, silliness at the end here. So what I do is I give you two options and you tell me which one is your favorite of the two. Oh, boy. All right. <clears throat> Let me brace myself. Now, some right, are I'm gonna, ready. Some are going to be easy. Some are going to be hard. Okay? Right. I might break you here. Also. Okay. <laughs> um, would you rather have a pizza or a burger? A burger. Okay. Uh, ribs or brisket? Ribs. Oh, he's finding them easy. Um, <laughs> soft taco or hard taco? Uh, hard taco, for sure. Okay. Smooth peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter? Dude, crunchy. All the way. Uh, are you a coffee man or a tea man? Oh, uh, I, I wish I could say tea, but coffee. Uh, would you rather have a beer or a whiskey? Uh, whiskey for sure. Okay. Do you like to cook at home or do you want to dine out? Oh, I, I cook most of my meals at home these days. It's cheaper. Nice. Um, <laughs> it is, it's more, um, it's more, you know, money in your pocket. It's yeah. Smart. Healthier too. It's nice. Uh, uh, you got a new movie out. Do you want to wait to watch it on your couch or do you want to go to the cinema and see it? Mm. Um, if I, if I have someone that wants to go see it with me, I'll go to the cinema for sure. Okay. Um, would you rather spend a day at the beach or at the snow? Oh, the beach, dude. Oh, always the beach. I'm like on a trajectory where I need to live at the beach. That's just my thing. Are you a cat or a dog person? Oh, um, I want, I mean, I think I'm both, but if I have to pick one, I think I'm a cat person. Okay. Um, Batman or Superman? Oh, I guess Batman. I've, to be fair, I've really never been like hardcore into superheroes, um, but Batman looks cooler. So Batman. Uh, Terminator or Predator? Oh, Terminator because Arnold. I'm a huge fan of Arnold. Um, Freddy or Jason? Uh well, I have to think about which one is which. Freddy's the one uh, with in, he's in your nightmares, right? And then Jason yeah. is the uh, the mask. Um, Funky mask. I think Jason, because the movie okay. the movies are more like just you know like to the point slashers, right? Freddy kind of you know there's a bit of you know wanking around. Yeah, I think Freddy's. You know, when you look at it, Freddy's a bit creepy. You know, he yeah, he goes into your dreams. It's a bit. That's a oh, bit but he's got that man. really. He's got that really cool uh, soundtrack, though. Yes. Yes. <sighs> um, uh, South Park or Simpsons? Oh, South Park, one hundred percent. South Park is in my top five. Top five. We've got a couple of movie uh, music ones now. All right. Um, Marilyn Manson or Rob Zombie? Um. I gotta go, Manson. I'm I'm not that familiar with Rob Zombie. My friend Nick is gonna be pissed that I said that. He's a big Rob Zombie fan, but I think I gotta go, Manson. Uh, corn or biscuit? Oh, I gotta go, biscuit, dude. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's just it's just more fun. Like I love corn, but uh, just something about biscuit is just is just I don't know. It's more hype. You know what I mean? Corn's more serious and. And don't get me wrong, they're they're a great band, but I gotta go biscuit. Um, Slayer or Pantera? Oh fuck! Damn, that's hard. well. A Pantera, I'm gonna have to pick Pantera, but uh, I am a big fan of Slayer. 
Now, um, last couple. You're playing a show. Do you want to see stage dives going on or mic grabs? Uh, stage dives, for sure. Stage dives are my thing. That's my favorite thing. Like, if, when people crowd surf to the stage and then stage dive off, it's like, man, like crowd surfing combined with stage diving is just like, this is just the coolest chaos to see. <laughs> All about the chaos. Bring the chaos. Oh, yeah. Um, do you go to a show? Do you want to watch it from the pit or by the sound desk? Mm, that's a good question. It depends on what type of show. If it's like, um, if it's high energy type music and I'm like a fan, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll try to get towards the front. Um, but if it's like, um, more, um, it's more performance based, like it's not really about, you know, crowd involvement, um, wherever it sounds best is where I want to be. Now, second last one, you need one to go with the other, but if you had to pick one, would you rather tour for the rest of your life or record for the rest of your life? I think I got to go record. I mean, tour would probably be more fun, but recording, you'll just, you'll, you'll get more done. Um, and last one, um, I'm going to give you your all time favorite album. Do you want it on CD, vinyl or on your phone? Oh, uh, vinyl for sure. I I don't have any sort of uh, respectable vinyl collection at the moment. Um, I, I need to get one. Um, but I got my first vinyl uh, somewhat recently, so now I'm like, all right, I need I need to build that up and get a turntable or get a get a record player. The packaging and the 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 artwork and the whole vibe, like some they they put out Strangers Only on vinyl um, a couple months ago, and I was like, fuck yeah, that is so cool. I need to get one of those. So I just need to get a vinyl collection going, man, because it's just the whole thing. It is. It's amazing, man. The size of them, how big of the artwork is. Yeah. It's- and this the whole experience of like, oh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna listen to this record. You know what I mean? Like. You gotta you, you treat them carefully, you know. Drop the needle, the whole thing, man. It's cool. Um, Nick, we absolutely smashed that. That went above and beyond um, expectations. Uh, once it was easy, seamless. Um, felt like I already knew you. Very relaxed. Um, really enjoyable. Really great chat. Thank you very much, man. I, I truly appreciate that because. Um, you know, anytime, um, just the fact that people are interested in, in, in me or my music or or the bands I've been in and stuff like that, it's, um, it's very, very much an honor for me. So thank you. Surprise!
So that was my chat with Nick of My Ticket Home and Head Cave. 
At the end there, you heard Headcave's track Devourist, which is from their self-titled EP. You heard a song from My Ticket Home that was Spit Not Chewed, which is from their album Strangers Only. And the other track you heard was Keep Alone by My Ticket Home, also from the album Strangers Only. Now's the part of the show where I spark that thing inside you to get online and get out and support the band that's been on the show. So if you enjoyed the conversation or you enjoyed the music at the end there, get online, get into some of this amazing discography that Nick has been a part of. If you're into physical copies, get onto eBay, get onto the band's online merch stores and help them out with a vinyl or a CD purchase. If you're into merchandise, I'm sure you can find a t-shirt, a hat, moss shorts, hoodies, all of that stuff. If you want that stuff, also get online and grab some of it. And lastly, if My Ticket Home were ever to play another show, get out and support Nick and the boys. If Head Cave play a live show, get out and support Nick and the boys as well. I've got to take this moment before I forget to also thank Nick again. Thank you so much, dude, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. Look forward to touching base with you soon, and we do a part two chat. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 108. Done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget... You can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.